Rightio. G'day everyone and welcome back to what is another episode of the Zane Red and White podcast. Welcome back if you happen to have been kind enough to give last week's a listen. And if it's your first time here, welcome. And what do we do here? We talk all things Swannies. I don't have to worry about anyone knocking me down saying, calm down. It's just a pre-season. Because if you're here listening to a Swannies podcast before round one, I know you're as big a nuffy as me. And if you watched that game, you'd be as excited as I am because that was scintillating. Usually, we're pretty piss poor when it comes to preseason games. I don't know why, but it's just the way it's been. But we hit the ground running. And I reckon that's what we need. We need to have form hitting round one because the competition is so tight. And everything counts. Even like the goal difference in every game, percentage, it all counts. And we've got the Suns. They're our bogey team. I'm a little bit disappointed that we didn't get the Cats. I would have loved, loved to come up against the Cats round one and just give it to them. Give them what we've got. Get that monkey off the back. But the Suns, they're a bogey team. As I say, they're a bogey team. So... That's going to be a meaningful win if we can get that W. That's going to give them confidence. But they have to bring that pressure. That pressure that they showed last week against the Blues. Because that's what Hayward was talking about when he was talking about we have the roadmap. And that's what works. That's what works for the Swans. Bring that pressure. Everyone playing as one. I love watching them when they play like that. When the opposition's got the ball. Sometimes I enjoy watching the Swans when the opposition's got the ball more than I love watching the Swans when we're kicking goals and things. Because they work as one, just corralling, holding space, knowing when to go. And when they go, it's on. The pressure's on. And you see teams panicking. And when we get that ball back, we're becoming elite ball users. And I really loved against the Blues how we started to lower the eyes and hit those low balls, hidden targets. And that is something that's going to be very important going inside 50. Picking those targets out. Getting clean entries. I'm going to touch on a few individual performances. And how can you go past an individual performance like Gildan? He is the best combination of skill and smarts I've seen coming through this club in a long time. And I recently had a fellow Swan supporter on Twitter compare him to Sam Mitchell, which I reckon is a great comparison because he's got the smarts and the skills and the leadership. Everything that Mitchell had, he's got. I reckon even then some. I mean, the guy just had 45 disposals. 30 of them were kicks. Let me just break it down. Just a few stats. I'll try not to go too crazy with stats, but I do love my stats. 17 of them, of his touches were contested. Nine of them were clearances. He kicked three goals. He could have had six. He handed one off the parker in the goal square. He had a snap that fell short, and he had a set shot that just went wide. Seriously, they're goals that he could kick more often than not. So six. he could have had six goals, for crying out loud. Anyway, as I was saying, stats. He had a massive 887 metres gained, but he also had a game-high 23 pressure acts. So not only was he attacking, he was defensive. Everyone talks about Mill being the best 
two-way midfielder. And that's what our team has got, is two-way players. That's how Stevens got back into this team, was being a two-way player. That's why someone like Juzzy is going to end up being elite as well. He's two-way. You've got Ollie Florent, who's two-way. You've got Blakey, who's two-way. You've got Hayward, who's two-way. You've got Logan, who's two-way. We're just a two-way team. And there's only one way up. Back to Errol. Getting excited here. Settle down. He also had a game-high 13 ground ball gets. He laid an equal game-high six tackles. At one stage, he even had someone go to him. They, laid, they tried to tag the kid, and he still had 45. He may not have the same midfield time once Mills comes back, because he did attend 18 centre bounces. So that number is going to drop. But he's so good in so many different positions, it's not going to matter. He's still going to be an elite player for us. And this is where players are going to get off the chain. A lot of attention went to Warner. And he's been working through that. And he will continue to work through that. But that's the thing. When they put attention into one guy, other guys get off the chain. Look at Warner too much. Errol erupts. While Errol's doing his thing, Parker's doing his thing. Like, that almost went unnoticed, the game that Parker had, and that was still brilliant. If it wasn't for Errol, that's like a three-vote game. And that's where we're going to be damaging. you got the guys like Rowbottom. They're going to just be plugging away, doing their thing, and if you're not paying them attention, they're going to hurt you. And that's going to be... Another great strength of ours now, as this core group grows together, they're going to be able to work off each other and help each other. Like with Errol, he was just doing like the Cats used to do with Junior, Ablett Junior. They'd look for him. If you took a mark or got a free kick, there was a fair chance with Errol's running ability, he'd be wrapping around the back of that guy looking for the handball. And they were looking for him because you want the ball in his hand. The way he delivers that ball, you want the ball in his hand. Now, speaking of comparisons, I've made this comparison myself a lot, and I've started to hear it a fair bit from other people as well. I reckon Logan McDonald is going to be a Nick Rewalt type. He's not going to be that stay-at-home forward, contested mark guy. He's going to get up and down the ground and run you ragged. Almost even like a Richo did at the end of his career. If you don't run with him... He's just going to gobble up marks all over the ground. Like Those weren't even great conditions for marking. It was rained on and off throughout the night. And the bloke took 10 marks, and only one of them was inside 50. But another thing I noticed with him that I didn't notice previously was his field kicking. I don't know if it's improved or he's just taking those kicks on. Because he's going like long options, and they're to advantage. He had nine kicks, and they were at 92 percent disposal efficiency that's insane for a big bloke he can keep that stuff up i'm loving it speaking of big blokes laddams looked like a different player he looked like his head was switched on he would speak his head was copping it left right and center taking wax and getting slung to the ground and whatnot but he didn't allow it to throw him off his game he still concentrated on what had to be done and he did it. And that's all we can ask. 
But the bit I loved the most, he was coming from the ground after taking about the third or fourth shot to his head and the ball found him. And instead of just keep on going to the bench, he went back with the flight and made a contest. Even though he was injured, he still went back with the flight. That, I had not seen that from him. And if we can see that, mate, Laddams, you're going to be up there, mate. You'll be up there as our next Ruckman. Now, one of, another individual I wanted to touch on was Cunningham. Well, I've always just been wild about Harry. I, I am. He's a great footballer. He's a great leader. He's got skills. He's got speed. He's got smarts. If he doesn't make the 22, like say when Clark comes back and he pushes him back out the team as that small lockdown forward, he's the perfect sub with the new sub rules because he can play pretty much any position and well. Who knows? Maybe Clark might not even push him out of the team because he's an elite footballer as in he can, he's got attention to detail, he's got speed and he's got skills. These are all things that suits that role also. So it's going to be a massive battle between Cunningham, Clark, even Constanti. And that's what we want. We want competition for spots. And there is massive competition for spots. Even down in the back line, you could see the difference it made when Blakey came back in. He only had the 60% time on ground, which I assume was to do with him coming back from his glandular fever. But during that time, he still had 18 disposals, 14 of them kicks. 12 of those kicks were effective. He had six rebounds from the defensive 50. 643 metres gained. Six intercept possessions. Three of those intercept possessions were marks. He had five spoils and he even kicked himself a goal. The lizard. We love him. And when he's playing like that, he's all Australian all day, every day. And competitions in the back line, as I say, is tough. And they're continuing with playing Campbell down in the back line. I only ever saw him as he was coming through the ranks in the academy, play through the midfield or high half forward. But with his kicking ability, you can understand it, why they want to have him off the back line, uh, rebounding out of half back. And the knock on him had been that they said that he didn't have a great tank. But on the weekend, he played 92% time on ground, which was the highest out of everyone. And you could see how he settled into the game the longer he was on. He started to find the speed of it. He started to get find his confidence. And he really seems like one of those confidence players, like so many of the mercurial players are. And I really do think he's a mercurial player. Like, we all drool over Errol's kicks. Did you see Campbell's goal? Did he drill that from 70? These two guys have got a boot on them. And he had 17 touches on the weekend. 15 of them were kicks. And he's got speed to burn as well. And he's silky smooth when he's collecting ground balls. So I hope that he can continue to push his claims for round one. Because he is exciting. Again, the back line. It's going to be... Tough, tough for us this year. With the extra umpire, eyeballs are going to be on these backmen. And if you put one little arm around or that little sneaky tug of the jumper or anything like that, it's going to be a free kick. So they're going to have to be on it. And they were up against it. Like, those big forwards for Carlton aren't nobodies. 
I mean, these were star forwards. And the McCartans did awesome. They had five one-on-one contests each, and only Paddy lost one. Tom didn't lose any. And Tom had 11 spoils for the night, and Paddy had seven. That's what you want from your, uh, your back line. These guys, if they're caught one-on-one, they're not losing it. And just spoil the ball. Let the others do the work. It's all good. You don't have to intercept the mark every time. It's great to have that ability, but that's why we have your Lloyds and your Florence and Fox when he's back. That's what they're there for, is to get those grand balls and work it out of there. And we work it out at speed. And I'll back our backmen in to win those grand balls against the forwards. And when we work it out, we work it out, as I say, with speed, skill, precision, and that's where we're damaging. That's where a lot of our goals come from, is off those turnovers. And we just smash teams with our speed and our kicking now, which is just a beautiful thing to see. Roberts looked a lot more comfortable than the other time when he debuted last year, which is understandable. I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty big thing to get your first game. And he looks like he's come on. A lot of the guys look like they've put on bulk, which is, you expect that from a guy when they go, especially the young kids over a preseason, they want to bulk up and everything like that. I just finished reading an article with Stevens actually, and he was saying how they all went on their end-of-season trip over in Europe, and it wasn't just an end-of-season trip. They were still going to gyms in different countries, wherever they could find the gym. He even talked about one that was like a disco, and it was like disco lights and stuff going on inside the gym. And they even had our team sending them like protein shakes and everything like that. So that shows how seriously they took wanting to get bigger for next year, these young kids. And it is going to make a difference for guys like Stefan, Stephens. I can never pronounce his name properly. Stevens. And Logan's obviously bulked up. Errol's obviously bulked up. And they reckon that they felt like they were pushed around a bit in the grand final, which is understandable. These are hardened men that they were up against. They're greats of the game. We lost the contested possession rate by whatever it was, 40-odd, whatever it was which is against the bigger bodies, but it's also the experience of positioning. And that's where Horse talked about going away from what worked for us. And we became a bit overawed and didn't stick to our structures. So another preseason, bigger bodies and wiser heads. It's going to be very exciting to see how far we can go this year. But if we bring that pressure, that movement, that delivery, things are looking good. I wanted to just quickly touch on the AFLW as well because there's been a lot going on there. There's a whole lot of new rules and so forth to do with helping the new teams come in, such as us. And we're able to sign, I think it's up to five players where we don't have to trade with the team that they're coming from. And it started by, who did we get? We got Chloe Malloy from the Magpies who's a former number three pick. She's a two-time All-Australian and was the Pies' leading goal kicker in the two previous years. That's massive. To get someone of that quality into the team, get her up forward. It's going to help players like Privatelli, who was almost one out down there at times. You had Cynthia Hamilton, who is amazing. Everyone knows how much I love Cynthia. 
but she is needed around the ball. And that's where I want to see her. And having someone like Chloe come in, they're going to be able to rotate together, and it's going to be fantastic. She previously played under the head coach Gowans, Gowans as a junior at Diamond Creek, and she was a leading goal kicker there and the runner-up best at first at just 18. So that's got to have played a part in why and how we've got her over. And it's a massive get. And there's also a new rule where we could sign extra time on top of the maximum amount of time that you could sign a player for. And she's locked in for the max max. So she's not going anywhere. And it's going to be great to have her as one of the... She's going to walk in as a leader. And someone else who's renowned for her leadership as well as the other pick that we got, who was a former number two pick in McAvoy. She's renowned for her competitiveness, ball-winning ability, kicking skills, and leadership. So that's two big leaders are going to come in. She can play forward and back and midfield, but from talking to people who know their stuff and not many know much more than Gemma Bastani when it comes to the AFLW especially, she thinks, well, she's of the opinion that she'll go down back to firm up that back line, which was under onslaught most of the year. So to have her down there helping steady the ship and mould players like Ella Heads is going to be awesome to see as well. But not just the new players that we've been bringing in. We've got like two girls that didn't play at all last year. There's Montana, I can't pronounce the last time, but I'm going to give it a crack. Bertelson, she was our pick 12. She's a sprinter. She's, I think it was like state quality or nationals for the 100 metre and 400 metre hurdles. She's only played about three or four games of footy. It was for the Hawks and the VFL but they reckon she's picked it up really quick. So if you can have a professional athlete who can transfer over her professionalism and pick up the game, that's going to be another big inclusion. The other one is Alice Mitchell. She's a Sydney local. She was our pick 13. She did her ACL. Apparently she's another tall defender who can go forward. She's got elite hands and can find targets by foot extremely well as well. So not only do we have the two high draft picks coming from other clubs, we have two players who didn't play at all, who were high draft picks for us the year before, as well as the team's going to have time to have trained together more. It was a very rushed last year, and it was just go, 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 go. So these are all very exciting times for the AFLW, and I can't wait to see that hopefully we might even get one or two more players. Also, just on the AFLW, I've got a few spies getting around out in Sydney for me. I get a little bit of information here and there. It's been hard being down in Geelong. I'd love to get down the training and whatnot and pick the brains and watch what's going on. Anyways, they tell me that Nick Davis has been taking a senior hand role at the AFLW team during training sessions. I noticed that he's not in the coaching position with the academy that he was. And he has had an involvement at the younger level with the girls in the girls' academy. So maybe something's going on there. Maybe he'll be taking up a position as one of the coaches. Time will tell. Speaking of coaches, we just signed Horse for another two years, which I think is brilliant. He's one of the best coaches getting around. People are like, he hasn't won enough grand finals. He's got us there. I mean, he can't go out there and play on the day. 
It's bloody hard to win one, and he's done a lot to get us to a few. And two years, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the Paul Ruse in him. Maybe he's grooming someone now to take over for when he goes. And if I had to pick someone, I hope it's Cox. Listen to that guy talk, reminds me of a horse a lot. He's just straight down the line, no mucking about. He says what he means, and he means what he says. And I love that from a coach. Anyway, I think I'll leave it there. Until next time, this has been Zane Red and White, and I look forward to seeing you out there on the socials.